Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. It's time for playoff football. The new season starts now, and I've got keys to Vikings Giants coming up on the show. Luke Inman, Superior Sports Talk. The champ is here, ready to get my first place prize money for our gambling picks today. Hey, this is Arif Hassan at Pro Football Network, here to remind Luke that we all lost money. Sam just lost the most money. <laughs> and I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I'm still mad because I choked away the lead. <laughs> That's the crew today. It's the Minnesota Football Party Playoff Edition. Let's do it. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome in Minnesota football party on a Monday. The regular season is over. The playoffs still to come. I'm Sam Ekstrom on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. The two Lukes, Luke Inman at Luke underscore Spinman, also Lockdown Sports Minnesota, and Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings and the Lockdown Vikings postcast at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network at Arif Hassan NFL. It's the four of us back together for the first time in a while. A lot of holiday vacations, absences. Here we are putting a bow on this regular season. The Vikings finished 13 and four glorified preseason game yesterday. We'll have takeaways from that and how it translates to the postseason as we begin to preview the Giants for the second time in three weeks. We'll also have our final gambling standings as Luke alluded to. He may or may not be the champion, and I may or may not be the one being punished at the end of all this. Um, but before we get into all of that, a reminder to check us out on Amazon Fire and Roku, the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. You can uh, subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, get us on video, and we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. You get the Ron Johnson Show. You get the Minnesota Football Party, the postcast press conferences from the Vikings locker room, all that good stuff, and plenty of Vikings content coming to you this week. Well, we'll kick it off here, gentlemen. Vikings 29, Bears 13, ugly game, backups played. Is there anything meaningful to glean from Vikings-Bears yesterday? Let's go around the horn, Luke Inman. Yeah, Luke and I talked on the postcast right after the game. Kind of mentioned it's difficult to get your typical player evaluations in games like these, much smaller sample size. Obviously, you know, it's a much more conservative vanilla game plan going in. And then on top of it, it's such a bad Chicago roster. We kind of picked on them quite a bit yesterday as well after the game. We kind of hoped, we talked about it all week, Vikings would find some momentum heading into the playoffs a little bit. I did think the offense moved the ball well all day. I think their one and only punt was with, what, minute and change left in the game. But like just from a pure evaluation standpoint, the Bears are just so bad. That's clearly 
probably one of the worst rosters in the NFL. But nonetheless, you don't control who you play, right? I think there was some good things the Vikings did well. They can come away with feeling good about heading into their playoff game versus the Giants next week. I will say definitely one of the bigger storylines that's just kind of unfolded over the last month or so in this offense, the emergence of K.J. Osborne. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's like a big surprise or anything. We kind of all knew it was in there somewhere. But now to see him go off the way he has the last four or five games, I think it's something the Vikings may try to capitalize on going into the playoffs, maybe as that new third piece we talked about. Is it Adam Thielen? Is it Hawkinson? Maybe he's that new third piece down the stretch, stretching the field vertically while defenses maybe start to cheat on J.J.'s side or stacking the box. Or maybe it's just a guy to help move the sticks on third down too. But given the play as of late, I do think KOC is going to try to continue to get the ball to K.J. Osborne moving forward. I think, too, if the number one thing was getting out of Chicago healthy, the number two thing was getting some good reps between Chris Reed and Kirk Cousins. And I thought all in all, I think Chris Reed not only did far better as a center and everything that comes along with it, but just as a blocker, too, I think people could feel, for a third-string center now at this point, I think people can feel pretty comfortable about him being the guy. If Bradbury can't go, which I don't know what you guys are hearing, still seems like a big mystery. Still want my Bradbury Brandle cocktail yeah. in the playoffs, but, I don't know, uh, but we'll see about that. Yeah, not having practiced at all is a concern, and it sounds like they're going to try it with Bradbury this week and see how he responds. Arif Hassan. Yeah, I, I think Luke uh, spoke for all of us in his four minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> Show's over. Take care, guys. See you next holidays. Uh, interesting. Luke is the one that has the heart out faster than any of us. So this is he's just filibustering. Trying to get everything in now. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I, I just want to be careful because the last time the Vikings played a meaningless game in Chicago, we were raving about how good Alexander Hollins and Ole Udo were. Yeah. What a fantastic group they turned out to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just want to be careful there. So I will say Duke Shelley playing another game adds another you know, set of snaps to his sample size to tell us that he's a quality corner, that he's somebody that the Vikings might be able to trust on uh, trust going forward as maybe a cornerback three, much less a, a cornerback four or five. I don't know. Um, he is clearly not uh, comfortable with playing in the slot. He said so right after the game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, having him as a backup outside corner is really nice. Chris Reed playing well after, you know, taking practice snaps at the offense was nice. I wonder what could have been if maybe – he was given a shot to compete for the starting center job back in days. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, you know, that, that, that was nice to see. Uh, like Luke said, KJ Osborne kind of breaking out. You know, again, a lot of the stuff is not meaningful. Would have been nice to see a little bit more. Would have been nice to see Kirk Cousins play with a little bit more consistency. Didn't get to see that. Not too worried that we didn't see it. Um, the, the end of half mistake with the the 15 second dump off right before the first down marker. Don't know what that was about, but glad that happened in a meaningless game because otherwise <laughs> Vikings have been what you call them, Luke Braun, situational masters. That's what Kevin O'Connell calls him. Yeah, that's his word. That's, that's but that's you've been banging that drum, so I just needed to. Yeah, I missed I missed the circus on this. So I was I was working, I was doing hockey. And I saw it on a TV. I saw him check down. And I, I, I didn't Ooh, know they didn't have timeouts because I was only very loosely watching it at that yeah, time. Vintage so 2021, I saw, Kurt. I saw the yeah, catch, and I'm like, yeah, oh, fourth down, field goal. I walked out. So I missed the scramble onto the field. I missed the whole re replay. So what, what prevented that field goal from standing? Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I believe, was the 12th man on the field. Uh, <laughs> they just didn't get the guy. They didn't. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was running yeah, he off the field. Yeah, he was running off the field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. 
Um, and that would have been insane to get that off in the amount of time that they had left over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, the, this, not acceptable. The long snapper was just going to snap it no matter what at one second. Yeah. Like he was like, yeah. "Well, screw it. I mean, whatever. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm snapping it at one second, but yeah, it was just not a great the, uh, play the, from the top. The drill to for that typically takes one and a half to two seconds longer, okay. and that's mm-hmm. an ideal practice condition. So it just Got nuts it. that you'd be able to do that. Um, the fact that they were close is exciting and interesting. Wow. But uh, you know, yeah. it's not horseshoes, right? You don't get that many points for being close. So, uh, you know, glad that they got that out of the way in a meaningless game because otherwise they've been pretty good in situations. But yeah, it, it's a it's a preseason game. I, I like what I saw from from the starters that, you know, I needed to see more from. Uh, I didn't like what I saw from the starters that, you know, we've been relying on all year to play well. Players like Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, but also kind of don't care all that much um bears are bad that's good you news didn't you wait you didn't like what you saw from Kirk cousins and justin jefferson is that what you said yeah what didn't you like uh that Kirk cousins was inconsistent was not able to get uh you know his accuracy you know to the level that i think it needed to be it has been over the past four or five weeks you know he's played some really good football over the past four or five weeks i've been criticizing him all season saying that he hasn't lived up to what he was able to do in 2021 uh, in the first to third quarters. And I think that he's been able to do that, especially, you know, uh, in that stretch, you know, right after the Colts game, you know, just uh, so all the way up to the Giants game. I think that, you know, he'd been doing some pretty good stuff. But this game, I thought he wasn't as accurate. His decisions weren't as good. He was forcing the ball a little bit too much. Um, and uh, you know, his timing and rhythm were off. So, OK, fine. Um, I To me, this game says a lot about the importance of, game week focus i think the vikings were not focused for this game heading in knowing that they weren't even going to play the full game and it feels like it showed like luke said fairly basic game plan to me it looked like the the players were not playing very detailed football um there was miscommunication that reminded me of the beginning of the season rather than you know the middle of the end of the season uh that uh that end zone shot to Thielen when he broke inside versus outside for Mm -hmm. example is one um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean it's again, I'm not, I don't want to like dig into it because it's not a big deal to me because I don't think they cared all that much about this game. But uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you wanted to see more from them, you didn't get to see it. And I'll take your word for it. Rare game where I didn't get to see every single play. Um, so I guess I can't judge either way. I just know the numbers on Cousins were fine, but that doesn't always tell the story. Luke Braun, is there anything yeah, left on the bone? The completions, yeah. For you? Yeah. Anything <laughs> left on the bone for Luke Braun to, to tackle from that game? Yeah, I think it was Andrew Kramer put it really well. This was like a tune-up, and I think they needed that. That yeah. That's really all I cared about. I just wanted to see him get out there, and like I wanted to see Chris Reed get the snap counts right so we didn't have to have, you know, go to a, figure out if Josh Sokol can play center or something <laughs> like that. Like, Oh, no. oh God. You know, I, I just wanted to see them kind of like generally function because they didn't do that in Lambeau, and I just wanted to see that, and we saw that, so that's good enough for me. All the other stuff, yeah, like what Reeves said like uh, kind of who cares about the actual minutia of the game this was a very much a let's just get out of this one and sort of effortlessly curb stomp uh jv expansion team like mm-hmm. yeah. yeah oh i will that- say nick mullins played like a pretty decent backup did not love the pick yep. but you know yeah whatever he played like a, a west and he Coast did against the like- packers too as well yeah so yeah, they, the number they know I, what game plan he needs. He needs the Shanahan game plan, and that's what he had. 
Yeah, no, yeah. I agree with that. I'm, I'm glad you called that out. I, I think, again, number one thing, getting out of there healthy. Chandon Sullivan, that's the only one we got to kind of wait and see about. I know Dalvin was a little banged up. In the KOC half, but, said they're yeah. both good. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. He said, said uh, he could have come back in the game if they got wanted him to, but they said, you know, but why bother? Got it. Yeah. Also, Josh Metellus, who three years ago was taking snaps as a slot corner in training camp, before being moved back to safety. He was always a safety on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, has now replaced Shannon Sullivan, I think, in, what, three games? At least two games as a slot corner. So I think Interesting. that is just mm-hmm. the Vikings' answer there. And I remember in training camp a couple of years ago, him impressing me, despite that not being a skill that he had, it was in Michigan State. Michigan. Michigan State. Michigan? Michigan. Ooh, I hate mixing these up. People get so mad, and they should. Um, <laughs> but that was, uh, you know, that was that was not his game at Michigan. He was like, a yeah, very safety. interesting. Yeah, yeah. But he's pretty yeah. good at it. Yeah, glad you called that out. Very interesting because you know, boundary. Yeah, Vikings don't have a ton of depth. Who's kidding who? But nickel corner, that slot corner. If Chandon were to go down, they don't even just have kind a of, guy. Yeah, yeah, we don't even yeah. like. We all Andrew Sandejo can come in and play slot in the playoffs. Theo Jackson. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, we we know it can't be uh, Duke Shelley, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't even ask him. Yeah. Don't even Duke ask him. Yeah. Doesn't Do not. move inside. Do not even ask him. <laughs> Duke Shelley gets cut when he moves inside. <laughs> <laughs> Duke Shelley game ball yesterday. Yeah. Um, how, how about this one before we pivot to Giants? Um, unsung heroes for the whole season. It's fun to talk about this game to game, kind of who stands out, who uh, who overachieves. On a game-to-game basis, how about the whole season? Yeah, I think Duke Shelley might be might be right up there, but let's let's go reverse this time, Braun. Uh, your unsung hero slash heroes just for the 2022 Vikings. Uh, as unsung as I can go is probably Kyrie's Tonga. God. Maybe he's just on my mind because of the game he had uh, against Chicago, the true revenge game. Um, but man, every time he came in, <laughs> he was pushing game. someone back. Uh, he's been quite a force as a rotational nose. I know. I mean, we got Dalvin Tomlinson and Harrison Phillips. You're not going to replace those two guys. Uh, but those guys have to come off the field a lot. They are big and they get tired. So having somebody that can go in, replace him and actually like generate production, not just exist and hope you hope they don't screw up, but actually like be a, a, a weapon. Uh, yeah, that rules. Go Tonga. Um, wouldn't you love to talk to Quasi and, and figure out what caught his eye about Shelly and Tonga when he brought him in just to see what his process is. We probably will never know exactly, but was there a stat? Was there something on film that stood out? I just want to know how he's like finding these diamonds in the rough. Um, Arif, Unsung Heroes. Uh, I, I yelled because he took my Tonga pick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's the answer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um yeah, because like the problem is we're, you know, the guys that are typically unsung heroes, we've been banging the drum for. We've been talking about like Christian Darisaw, how well he's played. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about Brian O'Neill, how well he's played. We've talked about a lot of these players that don't tend to get a lot of press. What about Ezra Cleveland? Now, he's not playing as well as Darisaw or O'Neill, but he's playing a good deal better than Ed Ingram, right? And in my eyes, I know PFF disagrees, playing a fair bit better than Garrett Bradbury had. Um, Cleveland is doing everything just a little bit better than average. There's one or two games here where, where he's gotten absolutely demolished. Um, but for the most part, everything that he's done 
whether it's pulling, whether it's drive blocking, whether it's getting out on in, in zone to get to the second level, whether it's just pass blocking against power, pass blocking against finesse, everything he's doing, he's doing more than competently, which I think has meant the world for Kirk Cousins. So mm-hmm. um, Cleveland, I think he's pretty good. Josh Metellus, though, Arif already brought him up. I mean, he, he's the only guy left outside of Tonga, I think. it's Whether it's special oh, teams with the guy. pump block, three safety packages, they started finally throwing some wrinkles in there, Donatel did, in the second half of the season, filling in for Harrison Smith at times or Cam Bynum. You heard KOC give him the game ball yesterday. He's rocking the C on his chest now as a captain. It never really gets any love or spotlight, but I'm glad Arif called him out. I think he's just had a rock-solid season all the way back to, what was it, week three, week four versus Detroit, game-sealing interception for Jared Goff. But yeah, Tonga's for sure the number one guy. I think Josh Metellus is, is number two. How about Quazy low-key, maybe crushing day three of the draft? A Caleb Evans looks like a player round four. A Sezi oh, Otomewo is getting key snaps late in the season and actually making some plays. And say what you will about him, like freaking out and fist pumping and banging his chest after a tackle on a first and 10 for a five-yard gain. But um, that aside, Ty Chandler, we saw him in the preseason, looks like a player. Jalen Naylor, I like. I like Jalen Naylor. I think Jalen Naylor could be a contributor next year. And then Vidarian Lowe and Nick Muse, well, you haven't cut him yet, so they might turn into something. <laughs> Like you might get something, or is Nick Muse on the practice because he's like waived right before the game, right? So Nick Muse has been been on the practice squad. Activated, yeah. He's been been like pseudo roster because they've activated him. I think the maximum amount of time. Shadow death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One. Okay. One final bit. Chris Boyd. I can't believe we didn't mention him. There's an unsung hero. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's done really well, especially especially the first half of the season. But for the most part, he has been a critical and important special teamer um, throughout the season. He's been a critical part of some wins, right? Like he, uh, he was the one that forced the fumble on Amir Smith Marset, right? Am I am I remembering that correctly? That was Cam. It was Cam. Yeah, it was Forced um, a fumble, no, a huge Saints fumble, game, in right? The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He forced the Saints fumble. Yeah, um, but he has been just a remarkable gunner. He's been good in kickoff coverage, which we're learning is a skill that you need to develop. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no. Chris Chris Boyd has been uh, in an absolutely essential special team. Yeah, that's how how rough is the uh, the twenty twenty one draft class looking? Aside from Darisaw, who's a massive hit, Mond, Surratt, Davis, Patrick Jones, Meh, Wangwu, nice, Bynum, nice, and then Robinson gone, Smith Marset gone, Zach Davidson gone. And those are all fifth. Like that's all the first five rounds. Like those are rounds where you'd at least expect to hang on to players for two years, um, and then Jalen Twyman gone. Not Wong not Wong looking just needs awesome. A chance. Wangwu just needs a chance. That's what I've been saying, and they finally <laughs> gave him one yesterday. I thought they were just gonna like usurp Wangwu and just play Chandler, yeah. and I was gonna get mad about it. But no, he actually had a nice run, had a nice catch. Whoa, he actually can produce on an NFL field. Stunner. That's that's my biggest KOC gripe. Other KOC gripes, I'm just throwing a, throwing this at you guys, but that's probably my low-key KOC gripe, um, is not utilizing Wangwu more effectively, not using Irv Smith more effectively early in the season. I guess he's kind of tried with Rager, but maybe lacking a just little a little too hard with Rager. That's, that is a gripe in its own. Well, the Colts game is, yeah, example A. And he got really mad at Rager, too, <laughs> when Rager stopped on the route. But great. does anyone have nitpicks? 
2022 Vikings nitpicks. Uh, he's late to adjust, right? Like the fourth quarter is fantastic. Let's put that in the third quarter. Right. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's do it after like two series. How about? Yeah. Like, why even yeah. wait that long? Like the, the team yeah. cannot go 60 minutes without doing something embarrassing, like ever. Right. It's mm-hmm. yeah. That's that's actually precisely yeah. Um, but specifically offensively, just like the fact that he cannot seem to establish a way to get that offense in rhythm, like period. Like I, I, how many games have we felt that the offense was just kind of chugging along for four quarters? Mm-hmm. Never. I, has no, there been never. a game? Am None. I missing one? Um, no. And, and so he, uh, he's the offensive coach. He's like this, this like incredible. And again, He's done a really good job, right? So this particular rant is is not meant to say get rid of him or he's you know underperforming. He's overperforming, right? But you know, for the most part, if we're talking about specific nitpicks and gripes, make sure that that offense remains in rhythm because the way that that progression system was designed for Cousins does not work with who Cousins is as a quarterback. And I know sometimes you just got to take a chance and hope that it will, and it doesn't. Um, so they need to find ways to adjust either. Uh, shorten the uh, the dropbacks, shorten the read progression, whatever. I know that I got Justin Jefferson 1,800 yards, but the goal is not to get Jefferson 1,800 yards. The goal is to score points. So, you know, short, shorten up the uh, – tighten up the offense. That is that is a, yeah. a big concern of mine. You kind of already brought it up, but just blindly rolling with Ed Ingram right out the gate and, and Bradbury too. Maybe Chris Reed would have been better, even at guard maybe instead of center. Maybe it would have been Bradbury and Reed because Ingram's just been so bad. And I get it. You got to go through the rookie lumps and just kind of ride out that wave and hope he continues to get better. You know, seeing Chris Reed now a little bit, just a small sample size, makes me wonder if maybe they made a mistake going all the way back to OTAs and training camp and then the preseason not giving Chris read a little bit more of a shot let me tease this for thursday on thursday we're going to revisit our preseason predictions we'll see oh who boy. was more prescient in their predictions for the oh year god. we'll have some funny audio if we really i did not up. take those seriously oh god i am very <laughs> excited because sure? all of i honestly don't downplay it now don't set the bar low did now. i take the under on nine and a half i'm pretty sure i did <laughs> oh i'm pretty sure i did i definitely <laughs> nailed the the win loss because i think i went 12 i think i got that i one. think That's i said all I remember. jefferson would get 2010 yards that's pretty good. That's not bad. I mean, that <laughs> might be the closest one. <laughs> I'm almost positive I had KJ Osborne serious. in like, you know, <laughs> thousand yard, ten touchdown. Yeah. I know I whiffed on KJ for sure. I think Ron Johnson had like Justin Jefferson getting two thousand, Adam Thielen and KJ getting one thousand. Like yeah. he had like too many yards for an offense to possibly have. But yeah. um we'll we'll give him a hard time on Thursday for that. Digressing to the Giants game, we've got some keys to the Giants. After I tell you about Bet Online and BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the NFL playoff odds, NCAA football championship odds. Whoa, that game's tonight. Georgia's favored by 13 in a championship game. That's nuts. Over under 63 and a half. I love college football. Vikings against the Giants, they're favored by three. Can the Seahawks upset the 49ers? They're 10 point dogs. You can get all of this data, all the trends at betonline.net. It's every line, every league, and get it on your mobile device as well. Bet online, where the game starts. Vikings Giants, second time in three weeks. Minnesota field goal favorites. Um, the Giants didn't really try yesterday, sort of like the Vikings. They lost to the Eagles. Uh, so they come in with 
mean, I, I feel the same way about this team that I did three weeks ago, fellas. They are not going to explode on you offensively. They are a putsy offense that runs the ball nicely. They will move the chains. But I think we, I really think we saw kind of what they're all about in that, that game three weeks ago is that they can extend drives, but they're not great at finishing them because they don't have explosive capability. Um, and Daniel Jones doesn't scare me. The receiving core doesn't scare me. Am I overlooking this Giants team by not taking them totally seriously? Arena. Kenny Galladay finally has it. He scored his first Giants touchdown. That's why he is ready to one. go. You are vastly underestimating. What do they call him? Um, was it Baby Megatron? Was that his? That was his Babytron. Right? Yeah, yeah, Babytron. Yeah, that was his deal. Yeah. Let's see if uh, Pro Football Reference has a nickname for him. Sometimes they do that. Oh yeah, they're, they're they in baby. Wacky You're right, Babytron. Babytron baby yeah. is. Yep. Yeah. Good teamwork, Luke. I hope to never say that again. Um, <laughs> that felt disgusting. Um, Never again. Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, but I mean, there's a reason the Vikings had to score a record long field goal in order to win a game at home against them, right? They're like not a great team, but that's kind of what the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings are not a great team. I don't like. I don't know what to tell you. Um, the the saving grace might be that defensively the secondary is injured. You know, they don't have a Dory Jackson. I don't know if they'll have Julian Love for this game. Um, obviously, there were a bunch of healthy scratches for this game. The Vikings mostly played – or, sorry, the Giants mostly played backups. So, I don't know. I'm pretty sure Dexter Lawrence is healthy, but I don't know about Azizo Jolari and, and, and so on. But uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is better now than he was when the Vikings played him like three, four weeks ago. He is on a tear. I don't know if that's variance or if that is something that he has just kind of unlocked as a, as a rookie. Um, so that's something to be concerned about, especially if the Vikings don't have their offensive linemen. And I think that that's the concern. The Vikings are a worse team now uh, than uh, than they were four weeks ago, three weeks ago because of injuries. The Giants, I think, might be a better team because they got back a bunch of pass rushers right after the uh, uh, right after the, the Vikings Giants game, right with like the Accords and stuff. No, that was that was the Lions. Sorry, um, but they got back um, a number of players from injury that. Concern me. So uh, they know how to use Daniel Bellinger. Um, I would say that the Vikings should and are favored, right? I think the Vikings opened as, as four point favorites or something like that. Three. I got bet down to three. three. I think it got bet down to three. Um, Did it start at four? Okay. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. It's still um, getting hammered. There it was might a go bunch down of there was a bunch of public money on the Giants on that one, uh, and there's and there's a reason. I mean, the Giants are fine. The Vikings are fine. Um, Daniel Jones is a good running quarterback. We did not see a ton of that um, against the Vikings, and that is a skill set that concerns me against the Vikings. Maybe it's just kind of like a genetic memory of watching the Vikings against running quarterbacks for so long, and it doesn't apply to this roster. But until I see them do a better job being more consistent about shutting down running quarterbacks that are intentional about their decision to run the ball, uh, I'm going to continue to be concerned about it. So there's reasons to worry. I do think the Vikings are a better team, but not by so much that I'm not like unconcerned. A lot of great points of why we can't just overlook this team. But of all the playoff matchups and teams out there, I think a lot of people had this one circled as one of the better matchups for the Vikings. And it's not so much because the way the Vikings are built, I think they can expose a lot of the Giants' weaknesses or anything like that. I think really at the end of the day, more than anything, I just think the Giants are the worst NFC team in the playoffs. And I think kind of like the Vikings, like Arif mentioned, they've really outplayed their expectations. Brian Dabble done a great job with what he was given. They're overachievers too, and that's a great story. But 
I think you can only go so far with Daniel Jones as your quarterback with virtually no weapons in the passing game. I know Isaiah Hodges, he had a good game against us, what, three weeks ago? That's worth noting. But outside of that, there's just not a lot that strikes fear in you from them offensively. And that's not to say Saquon Barkley obviously isn't a great elite running back, but I think we all learned from all those years with Adrian Peterson and then Zimmer and Dalvin, like a run first offense can really only do so much when you get down 10, 14 points and you're forced to pass the ball. I don't expect this defense, just for example, to allow another 30-yard touchdown run on, what was it, fourth and two from Barkley on a draw play, especially knowing next time Harrison Smith's going to be on the field in a situation like that next time too. So I know it was a close game last time around. I still feel like, though, you can't ask for a better matchup in round one if you're the Vikings because the Giants are just, I don't know, they're just so limited offensively. But Arif brought up a great points of why you can't overlook them. He's right. I'm going to I'm gonna push back on Arif, too, that Thibodeau is any different than when they played the Vikings because he's only played one game since then. I don't think that he's taken any massive strides. Just saying. Um, he was kind of on that streak because he had that game against Washington the week before. Yeah, he was yeah. heating up. Yeah, that was Monday Night Football, right? Yes. Was it uh, the tie? Or no, that no, that was the tie late afternoon on a Sunday, I think, after the Vikings-Colts game. If I'm... Oh, no, 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 no. Right. You know, you're right. You're right. Sorry. You're right. It was a night game. Yeah, he's been heating up, though, for a while, for sure. He's been good. Yeah. Bron, when... are the Giants good? When you are playing a defense, the last thing you want them to be able to do is rush for and man cover, right? That mm-hmm. That is the the holy grail. If you can just rush for and never have to blitz, if you can just man up and never have to double or anything like that, or, or maybe just bracket like one superstar, it's really, really, really hard to move the ball. And I think the Giants have half of that equation because they can rush for all day long. They have a, a fantastic front. And that does scare me, especially Thibodeau versus Ole Udo, who I'm sure Thibodeau will line up on Ole Udo all day long. Udo struggles most with speed and quickness, way more than he struggles with power guys. So that's Thibodeau. He's got speed, quickness. He's been able to uh, beat tackles all day, all, all year long with that. That is a matchup that absolutely concerns me. But then you, if you can block it up, and if you can you know, put an extra tight end there if you have to or something, um, can the Giants cover Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen? I don't think so. And I think on the outsides in that kind of skill player, that wide receiver corner matchup, I think you give it to the Vikings pretty handily both both sides because who do the Giants have at wide receiver? Um, and so if the Vikings are going to win this game, it's going to have to be on the perimeter. Um, and they're going to have a tough time winning the game in the trenches. And I, I don't know what that turns into, but I think that's where this matchup is, is who can kind of take the game and make the part where they have an advantage matter more. Um, so Luke, you said they rush four a lot. I'm also they seeing can the rush high they have the dudes too, if they want to. Okay. The, the number blitz one in blitz rate by, yeah, a, la- blitz by a large a margin. Who they are. Yeah. But the fact that they don't have to, it makes those blitzes more potent, you know, cause they like, they can mm-hmm. already threaten our protections. And when they send in blitzers, then, like that just adds to the problem. You think yep. they're scary? Wait till you see the Niners. Ooh, we're gonna see the Niners. Great. They're definitely seeing the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, that. too. I mean, you you bring up a great point. Like Thibodeau versus Oliudo. Nobody loves that. Maybe it'll be Blake Brandle though. We'll see. Not that that's like he's sleeping that much better at night, but we'll yeah. we'll see how all that shakes out over there too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I, I do want to push back on one thing. There is literally nothing the defense can allow that would surprise me at this point 
Like, <laughs> like, like, oh, a 30 yard run on fourth and two? Yeah, that's on within my expected range of outcomes. That's happened. I don't know. <laughs> so let, let's think back through this. Through 17 games, when the Vikings defense got embarrassed, right? Like straight up embarrassed, which I would say Sorry, first half Eagles, not second half, first half Eagles, yep. embarrassing. Um, full game Cowboys, embarrassing. Full game Packers, embarrassing. Did the defense ever like fall on its face against a mediocre team or mediocre offense? They were like bad or below average at times, but I don't think they ever imploded against an offense of the Giants caliber. Maybe the Patriots, like maybe the Patriots was the, is the the best example of the like them getting the ball moved. Against an extremely rough Jets game too. Depends that was how really... you view the Lions offense as well. Yeah, Jets I mean, game. Yeah, yeah. Depends yeah. on how embarrassed against the Lions for Lions sure. Lions game. Yeah, you're offense. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Lions the, the game Lions game. But also, I think it depends on how you view the Packers offense. I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, right? that's fair. <laughs> like right? that's, yeah. that's like a fairly inconsistent offense that doesn't have its communication together. They, uh, I shouldn't say they gave up 41, right? Because there were two touchdowns that came outside of the offense, but like. 27 points in three quarters is bad, right? That's you can't. That's 36 in four quarters. Like okay, that's but two of those, but that was a that was a, a return touchdown. That was right. Like, that's, that was so that's how they got to 41, off. right? What is what I'm saying? They yeah. got 27 points on offense before okay. backups went in. So that's okay. 27 points in three quarters. That's 36 over four. That's concerning. And then you add in the 14. That they got over, um, over like uh, a, was a pick six and a kickoff return, right? So yeah, that's mm-hmm. bad. I think that's bad. I think it's fair to say that that was like getting pantsed. Um, obviously, the Colts game doesn't count. I think the Lions game does count. Um, and they got kind of lucky against the Cardinals. Not, I mean, like twenty six points against the Cardinals isn't like bad, but they're just not a good team. So, so I, I want to look into the Giants box score. This will be some PFF research to do throughout the week on the show. Um, what did the Giants do blitz-wise in that game? Who was manned up against Justin Jefferson? Or who who did best on Jefferson? Who did worst on Jefferson? Because Jefferson had a big game. That's going to be an area of emphasis for the Giants. What can they do differently against him? TJ Hawkinson had a massive game. Um, who was he manned up against? Like I, I want to look into all these things because this is a very quick turnaround to play a team again. Uh, it's all going to be fresh in their mind. So I think we'll see some different stuff from New York. So the key will be if the, like, I think the biggest fear that I have and that Vikings fans probably should have is what if JJ is just not part of the game? What if the Giants take him away? They do whatever it is that the Packers have done, the Cowboys have done, the Lions have done the first time to eliminate him. Um, Is Kirk Cousins going to be willing to throw some tight windows in the playoffs to get him involved. I think that's that's probably my biggest anxiety. Um, am I wrong about that? They just do not want to live that way. Talking to uh, Patricia Trainer of Locked On Giants before the game, I was like, so what are they going to do against Jefferson? And she was like, they'll probably just play sides and let him run around. And it's like, what? Okay. That's exactly uh, what happened. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson just had how they like live. Nine 16 targets. targets. Well, so he, nine of his targets were against Fabian Moreau. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they clearly were not shadowing Fabian Moreau. Right. <laughs> like that's just yeah, not right, right. how that works. So right. um a lot of it, I mean, the Vikings chose their matchups against the Giants because they knew how 
uh, the man coverage is rotated. So like that's why, for example, Justin Jefferson had a couple against Darnay Holmes, and so did TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson had some against, I think, their backup linebacker, uh, McFadden. Um, we had a pretty good game as a backup yeah. uh, in week 17. Um, but uh, but uh, he got he got lined up against uh, safety Julian Love. I, I don't know if Julian Love's a safety or a corner anymore. It feels like he keeps switching. But, um, you know, Hawkinson had uh, had basically his pick of, of matchups, and, and Jefferson was moved around a little bit to get his matchups. But, you know, they weren't shadowing anybody. They just appeared in man coverage on a blitz. And, you know, Cousins was like, okay, well, TJ Hawkinson's wide open, so – just do that. There's another 16 targets for Hawkinson, too. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some uh, public service announcement, first of all. We're going to talk about this game all week on this show because Inman and I are extending our programming. We're going four days a week. We're filling in Woo. Tuesday. We're filling in Wednesday. Braun and Arif back with us on Thursday, so you'll get plenty of Vikings-Giants breakdowns. Uh, we're going to tell you the final gambling standings after I tell you about Built Bar. Built.com has always been your spot to get Built Bars. Locked on 15, promo code 15% off. You can also get them in stores. You can go to Walmart. You can get delicious, protein-rich Built Bars. Cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. Get the four-pack at Walmart near the pharmacy section. Or go to Sam's Club. Get that big 13-bar box with brownie batter and churro. Why wouldn't you want to get the most revolutionary protein bar on the market that has 100% real chocolate, tastes absolutely delicious, and is so good for you. Really good macros, 130 uh, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Again, good and good for you. It's a delicious treat that fuels your body. It's Built Bar, Built.com, Walmart, and Sam's Club. I hesitate to bring this up. But this is the final gambling update of the regular season. Now, we'll come up with something for the postseason, I think. We'll, we'll uh, start with the clean slate. Let's start from the bottom. Sam Ekstrom finishes the year 11-21-2 against the spread. Do not ever gamble, kids. It's bad for you. <laughs> um, I went 0-2 in the final week with Max Betts. I finished the season Negative $9,269.97. Just shy of losing ten grand on the year. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, my record the last four How weeks. How much should we start with, Sam? Just, I just one, I'm curious. For, just for reference, because you forgot. 1,000 mythical. So Sam doesn't dollars. know that this is actually an intervention. Do you guys want to start? Who wants to go first? <laughs> We're here Same because we care about family. you. Hi, I'm yeah. Sam. Sam, first and foremost, <laughs> we care problem. about you. We love you. Thank you. Maybe just pick the opposite of whatever you're thinking from here on out. Okay? <laughs> whatever you think. An intervention do the does not work with here's a better way to fuel your addiction. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Doesn't it? No. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I've never been to one, so. Look, um, we're, we're concerned about your drug usage. Uh, it, uh, it's cut. It's cut with material that you don't want. So if you wanted to find the pure stuff, that's right. not how an intervention works. Just be better, just in general. He's a better pipe. It's a little, yours was looking a little dirty. A little better. <laughs> that is so good. Arif, you had the second worst record and the second lowest bankroll. You get the bronze medal. Uh, you went one and one this week. Final total 13 and 20. One game short hey. because of the postponement last week. 
you finish with $432.88. That's right, baby. Baby. If anybody needs to lose $570, I'm a man. <laughs> Luke Braun, you had the lead. Oh, I had it, you lost. You lost the lead in the final week. You went 0-2. One point of the Vikings over. If Greg Joseph makes that extra point, I win this. Yeah, I don't think you would though, because that would only be or a three hundred and sixty dollar swing, and you lost Luke because Luke poured it on. I mean, Luke. Oh, because he went two and zero. Okay, two big bets of three fifty. So Luke, Luke pulls away with two and zero record, sixteen and eighteen final standings. He finishes with actually money made one thousand two hundred thirty four dollars and thirty two cents. So Luke, you made two hundred thirty four dollars and thirty two cents, my boy. Congratulations. My boy. Watch out, baby. He's fist pumping. All right. So the punishment is, uh, and Luke's coming to town. Luke Braun is. So we're going to get together. I'm going to put on a football jersey. I'm going to do a little combine at the local football field on camera um, to my embarrassment and to everyone else's enjoyment and uh, should be good for some laughs. That is all for today, gentlemen. Luke, I know you got to get going. Uh, Luke Braun, Arif will be back with you on Thursday on the Minnesota Football Party, and Luke and I will be back tomorrow for more Vikings-Giants talk. Make sure to find us on uh, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, or Amazon Fire and Roku as well. It's the Minnesota Football Party Playoff Week. Thanks a lot for watching.